and welcome to Dear Pop Culture. This is the podcast where we talk about pop culture that is dear to us. We pop about talk culture that is dear to us. Uh, Yes, Uh, (laughs) I am your host, Gina Harms. We're brought to you by Comedy Here Often Podcast Network. And today I am joined by a lovely guest. Very exciting to have them on the pod. Um, A... Um, you know, you know him as a drag performer. <laughs> I, I don't know. Okay. Um, I'm just going to introduce you. It's Dust. <laughs> oh my gosh, Gina. <laughs> I that thought was you said a mess. Pop. Yeah. I, th- <laughs> I thought you said pop culture. And I was like, what is this podcast become? <laughs> pop culture. <laughs> yeah. I, I started to say it and then I just went with it, you know? <laughs> yeah, it worked honestly, and the intro for me was great. And oh, good, you know, as as the self proclaimed super fan of this podcast, I'm pretty huh. stoked that I that I get that I get you most candid. You know, yeah, true, truly. <laughs> oh my god, you brought it out of me. Um, yes. Yeah, we're recording on this Sunday morning. I'm still drinking coffee. <laughs> Same. Well, I don't drink coffee. I drink this like green sludge. Yeah, that I was gonna I make. say that's a very health healthful looking thing yeah it's got so much caffeine in it i like a i like oh. a i like a matcha in the morning oh nice yeah yeah ah. i've switched to green tea sometimes because um because like i'm not working as much and so if i'm not working and i'm just at home all day and i have coffee i'm like sitting here vibrating like <laughs> yeah exactly if i don't have anything to do in a day i do not put caffeine in my body because there's no use me being caffeinated alone on my couch exactly yeah who's that for <laughs> it's not for me i don't no. need to like have caffeine coursing through my veins while i'm trying to watch romeo and michelle's high school reunion for like the 18th time like i don't it doesn't yeah, change the film. The film will always be incredible, you know? So true. That is a, wow. Starting right off the top with a strong... Yeah. <laughs> a strong a reference. Strong reference. <laughs> yeah. Well, you know, I uh, like I said, I'm a super fan of this podcast, so I'm like really stoked. <laughs> I like made a list. I was like, I've been, li- oh I listened to you and Randy talk uh, last week. I yeah. don't know when this is going to air, but like, um, I was like, oh, I want to tell them what my favorite Avenger is. I was oh. like feeling like I was a part of the conversation, even though I 110% was not. <laughs> <laughs> I, I get that. Um, I, this, that's so nice to hear, and I I get that a lot listening to podcasts too. <laughs> one of the one of the things that you said that I found really profound. I don't know what week it was, but you were like, <laughs> I ask myself like. If I didn't sign this podcast to a podcast network, would I have continued to do it? And I was like, that's profound. And also like, (laughs) good for you, because now you have purpose. It's true. Like, honestly, like I, I am just the type of person who I have so many ideas and then they just, they never happen. I never follow through. Of Um, course. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. I think a lot of people are like that. (laughs) Uh, We have notebooks and notebooks of things being like, like I've written down concepts for six podcasts. Will they happen? I don't know. Right. (laughs) But you have my, you have my, I found the podcast um, because you had my drag mother on it. And I was like, chandelier. Yeah. And I was like, I'm going to go listen to this. And then I was like, oh my God. And literally last night I texted her and I was like, I'm thinking about starting a podcast. Can you convince me to do it? 
she was oh, like, yeah. you make fun of people who have podcasts. I'm like, yeah, but that was before I listened to two hours of podcasts a day for the last <laughs> six months. She's like, oh, okay. Yeah, that's so funny. I I had a similar thing. I'm like, every comedian has a podcast. That's so dumb. Like, <laughs> <laughs> I only listen to the women. I only listen to funny women podcasts. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, that's where I'm at with that. So they're great. You should do it. I didn't know that Chandelier was your drag mother. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. That's very cool. Yeah. She actually adopted me. We just probably crossed the, uh, in, I think it was like March 20th. I think we crossed the, the, the f- four. No. I think it's five years. Yeah. Oh, wow. We crossed the five year friendship mark in March, which is great when she adopted me. Yeah. Yeah. Cute. Congratulations. Yeah. Thank you so much. Yeah. <laughs> it's been a blessing. I used to work for Beetroot and um, I wrote an article about drag before I even started drag. And our oh. first article was about Shanda and I had just moved to Vancouver. I'd been there maybe six months and me and my friend like emptied out my bedroom and filled it with like, 400 white balloons and took pictures of her in it and that's how we you know became friends oh that's great (laughs) yeah totally absolutely yeah and it's so funny because all that effort for like three photos that are like this was five years ago so like where are they right yeah (laughs) (laughs) photos yeah release them no they've been they've been released they're just now buried on a buried under like five years of like other things right yeah. It's so weird to think about that. It is. Yeah, absolutely. Just like, yeah, you. it's such a big moment. And then eh, it's gone. Yep. <laughs> it's all gone. <laughs> all this effort. And then you get like back in back in those days, it was like you get, you know, like maybe 120 likes. So you're like, ooh, amazing. Oh, yeah. Oh, my God. It Even like 120 likes. That's a lot for me. That's... <laughs> <laughs> incredible incredible I, I don't know if, <laughs> i don't know if you can see behind what? sorry go ahead i just i rarely ever break a hundred if i break a hundred i'm like well, that's a good post <laughs> <You're> like, <laughs> okay but you break more than a hundred when you're on tiktok right like your tiktok's raging I, yeah, I, I put a lot of effort into TikTok. I've kind of stopped making them because it was so much work, but I got to get back into it. Cause yeah, yours watching yours is like watching a Steven Spielberg movie. Wow. Thank you. Yeah. It, <laughs> it's uh, it feels like that much effort, but I don't get any. I, that was my problem. I was like, I don't get anything from it. I'm not getting paid for this. <laughs> <laughs> and you're like exposure clout. I'm a stand up. I don't care. Yeah, it's not like stand up where you get like instant laughs. It's like it's out there. And even if see a lot of people like it and the likes are great and I should think about that more. But I just focus on the comments that are like, do this next. You haven't done this. And it's like, what do you want from me? Yeah, you're like, leave me alone. (laughs) I don't know if you I don't know if you can see behind me, but I have quite an interesting setup on my wall. So like I keep Mm. like old show posters you know, to remind myself of like where I've been and what I've done and all the stupid ideas I've had. And then that big one right behind me there, that is a theatrical like theater marquee size Shrek two poster. It's beautiful. Thank you so much. (laughs) It's my prized possession. Yeah. Yeah. 
And in my bedroom is uh, the same size poster, like the theater, like marquee size um, in a custom frame. Mama Mia 2. Here we go again poster. But I put it at the foot of my bed. So when I wake up in the morning, like all of the all the entire cast is like looking down on me. Oh, that's so nice. So precious. Absolutely. Um, well, actually, it's crazy. I don't think I've talked about Mamma Mia on this podcast. And um, this is an honor because you're a Mamma Mia fan. I'm a Mamma Mia fan. <laughs> okay, I'm just going to cross off my entire list. We're just going to talk about Mamma Mia for the this next 45 Mama minutes. Mia episode. <laughs> totally. Buckle up, diva. The boat is leaving the Grecian <laughs> Harbor and we are headed to Calicari. Let's do this. Yes. <laughs> oh my God. Yeah. Uh, okay, well, so Mamma Mia 2. Are you are you a fan of the of the prequel sequel? I I really am. I I saw it twice in theaters. Um mm. and now I think I own it on iTunes. But uh <laughs> oh, legendary. It's a it's like so ridiculous and just happy. It's like yeah. It's <laughs> it it so I think what Mamma Mia the first one came out uh when I was in grade 12 and I remember buying it on DVD and watching it and being like, "Huh. So that musical was catchy and there and there wasn't a villain? Like the like there's no yeah. villain. The antagonist is like like Donna is both the hero and the antagonist and right. Sophie Sophie is neither because Sophie's just curious. So I was like that's great. I love that. And I was like when the second one was announced, I was like I wonder if they'll try and create a villain because the reason the first one worked so well is that it 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 is just like interpersonal tension. Yeah. There's no like villain that's like haha going to ruin your life. Yeah. Um and the second one was just even sweeter because it was, like I said, it's a prequel sequel. So we get to like go back in time and we get to go forward in time, which is like, it's a fun feeling. Mm-hmm. It's a fun feeling. The second movie is about grief. The second movie is about how do we, what do we do with our grief? How do we channel our grief? Um, and how do we support each other through that grief? And I think that that's a beautiful story to tell. Yeah. Wow. I've never even thought of it like that, but um because <laughs> like, I'm, I'm too busy dancing but yeah that's fair i'm like it's so <laughs> okay i've seen it like probably well i saw it 10 times in theaters oh my um gosh. yeah because i loved the theatrical experience of Cher coming down on that helicopter i was like fucking okay. wet bitch yes yeah i mean yeah. Cher is sort of a villain but not <laughs> real she's like she's like a villain for like five seconds until she yeah. opens her mouth yeah absolutely you're like oh no <laughs> no oh this is gonna be so bad and then amanda seyfried says that iconic line which is like grandma nobody invited you and then she goes that's the best kind of party little girl (laughs) what yeah (laughs) great (laughs) i i I live for that um yeah and i i like one of like when it comes to grief and films and things like that, I probably don't pick up on that until I watch it like five or six times. Like I don't see the themes until I've watched it to death. Yeah. Same. I, I rarely like walk away from a movie being like, Oh, like that's what it was really about. Like, <laughs> the, the only movie that 
hit me like the themes hit me immediately was parasite oh sure yeah right after i watched parasite i was like yeah kill eat the rich like kill the rich like this is like absolute trash yeah i just i i understood the division that was created by that film like within that film oh yeah it's like so beautifully done um i want to just say about parasite if there's like one image in it, if you haven't seen the movie, just like skip ahead a minute or whatever. But like, the, it's still like I wake up in the night and I think of it, you know, when the, like the man is coming up from the basement and like the little kid sees him and it's just like his eyes. I, I don't know. It freaked me out. And <laughs> <it's just> like, <laughs> sometimes I think of it. And, uh, anyway. The, the like it's a it's a it's a fantastic movie or some of these movies like when the credits started rolling I, like my body was still paralyzed like i mm-hmm. couldn't like i was like what the what yeah oh actually i remember i saw it at international village theater by myself at like 10 o'clock at night and so i was like leaving this empty mall <laughs> like trying to find my way out after parasite and i was like ah, get me out of here <laughs> Like, yeah. not that it's like a truly horror movie. It's like not scary. It's like everything. It's wild. It's a little bit of everything because it's like, it's funny. It's sad. It's, mm-hmm. yeah, I would probably categorize it as like a thriller. Yeah, that makes more sense. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. But oh my um, gosh. back to Mamma Mia. Were you. <laughs> I just want to ask. <laughs> Were you like um, a fan of ABBA's music? Like, how familiar w- were you with it before seeing the movie? Oh my god! Okay, so fun story. My parents indoctrinated me to hate ABBA because they loved they loved bands like the Tragically Hip and the Headstones. Like they're hard CanCon. Like they didn't like wow. that Swedish influence. And wow. so as a kid, I was like, absolutely not. But I was so heavily music influenced that I remember one day for one of my birthdays, my friend got me ABBA Gold, which is like a fierce present for someone who is like in grade 10 and is like, I love music and musicals. And like, that was also around the same time that hairspray came out. So people were like, if you oh, love yeah. hairspray, you're going to love ABBA. Um, and I was like, no. And I had a disc man. I always had a disc man. I always had some sort of like music player. And, uh, I remember listening to, um, uh, take a chance on me was the first ABBA song I ever heard. And I listened to it and I was like, I hit repeat so fast. Like I must've listened to that song on repeat for 40 minutes. And I was just like, how, how have I gone my whole life saying that I hate ABBA? And then I thought back to it and I was like, Oh, my parents hate ABBA. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Isn't that so funny? Like you're just, your parents like plant these seeds in you without you even knowing you're like, wait, what? (laughs) is great and not great. Like clearly I was like an effeminate child who like loved to get the girls. I'm using air quotes here. Girls toy at McDonald's. And like, like, so my dad was like, okay, well, if you're probably going to grow up to listen to pop music, then I guess I will give you some pointers and like gave me like shares greatest hits. Okay. Yeah. (laughs) And then like, Probably I'd say like three years after that, my older brother was like, okay. And gave me like Kylie Minogue's like love at first sight album. And was like, this is good pop music. Don't stray from, from, from this. And I was just like, cool. So like the men in my life were like, okay, well, if you're, if you're going to be a huge faggot, then you (laughs) might as well. Can I say that on here? 
<laughs> can I say that? I, I think you can say it. I can't. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh my god. So like if if, he's, if this person's gonna in our family is gonna be a huge faggot, then we better steer him in the right direction. You know. <laughs> yeah. Oh my god, that is so funny. Yeah. Um, yeah. Wow. Yeah. Kylie Minogue is like. I mean, I guess like I, kind of like truly a gay icon in the pop music world like kind of like slept on in general except for when you talk to like gay men usually <laughs> so like one of the things that maybe you don't know this but kylie never mm. broke north america mm, but like that's if, you, it. if you go to australia or you go to europe kylie is number one Oh yeah, she is the she is it. I did I I did go to Australia and like yeah, but the only thing that we ever heard here was like can't get you out of my head. Right. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. It's so it's so funny because um I can't remember where or or where the interview was, but she gave this interview where someone was like someone was like so um how do you feel about not being able to break into the North America? And she's like, I don't care. She's like, if they don't want to like my music, they don't want to like my music. She's like, wow. I'm a superstar everywhere else. And like, just I, it's like, doesn't give a fuck. Good. Good for, did you hear about just recently um, the battle for the name Kylie with Kylie Jenner? Oh my God. No. So I guess I think Kylie Minogue has just Kylie trademarked. And then Kylie Jenner is like, like tried to like sue her and like fight her for it and um, there was like a a court case and then there's there was this quote that just came out like a week or two ago and it was like kylie minogue's lawyer says um kylie jenner is nothing but like a two-bit reality tv personality and kylie minogue is a global icon and so like kylie minogue won (laughs) Oh my god. <laughs> That's like heavy shade. It's so you, funny. <laughs> well, speaking of the gays, her lawyer was probably like a capital F faggot. And was like, absolutely not, Kylie Jenner. Sit down, little girl. Yeah, you don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> it's just so funny to me that like Kylie Jenner would like think that. I don't know. She'd just be like, Yeah, I think that's fair. And it's like, what? You know, <laughs> Kylie Jenner probably doesn't because Kylie Minogue didn't break North America. Kylie probably doesn't know, yeah, about, about her stardom or like literally everything she's done. Like right, Kylie, but- Kylie Minogue's been around as long as Madonna. Exactly, and like, wow, <laughs> just <laughs> so funny though. So silly. I died. Yeah. Oh, I told you via message last night that I have like I saw you in public story. Yes. Okay. <laughs> Go on. <laughs> so um, I was very excitedly going to a concert at the Orpheum um, featuring one of my favorite musical artists, Maggie Rogers. Oh. And I was literally behind you in the seats the whole time, but you were like one partition down and you had like a flowy moment on so like I always just know I was like that's 100% Gina for sure like just statuesque like red hair and like you were like dancing around and you're like I don't know whether it was a shawl but you were (laughs) mixing that bitch up 
But like, so was I, like, I was like crying every single song. I was like, not this song. It's just like, that's the way it is with her. Yes. Uh, God, that is so fu- I have to tell you about that concert. I went with my brother and um, he, he sent me this video recently. And like we both were like also had some drinks. But like there was a moment where I was, I guess, crying. And my brother like went to take like a selfie of us dancing and he didn't realize I was crying. And then he like and then in the video, it's just us. And then it's me. And then I say, I'm having a religious experience. <laughs> okay, as a third party observer of that moment from behind, I'm like someone who, you know, was a little bit under the influence of some other things. I could say like, yeah, your aura was lit up in the direction of you having a religious experience. I love that so much. You witnessed it. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Also, that concert was one of the best concerts I've ever been to. It was really great. Yeah. Oh, my God. Um, yeah. yeah. I like, I think like after I was like almost embarrassed about like saying that. And so I like didn't listen to her music for a while. And then like recently like did again. I was like, oh, yeah, I love all of this. <laughs> yeah. Every single song is just fierce. Yeah. Yeah. That album, yeah. no skips. Oh my god, yeah. And for me, like the I, when I did my first listen through, I was like, oh, back in my body is like, that's mm. my that's my song, that's my jam. And then when she played it at the concert, I was like, I can't. Like I lost <laughs> it. Yeah, <laughs> lost it. Yeah, yeah, there's something there's something magical about her. I think it's I think personally, for me, it's the way she consciously creates and crafts every single song. Mm. yeah i just like i don't know like the the vibes of it her voice is so beautiful like gives me chills yeah yeah she has oh god (laughs) oh god yeah and her and casey musgraves and phoebe bridgers are all just like besties and it just this is like this wave of like incredible like women in music emerging them and heim like just Think yeah. about all the talent that's out there. It's crazy. I actually like sadly have not gotten into Phoebe Bridgers, and I've, I've like heard so much. I I need to like try and just listen to an album. Um, I don't know. I just I think I listened to like one song once, and I was like, oh, I'm not sure. And then I just like never tried. <laughs> so I I'm in the I'm the same boat as you, and like I'll probably I'll just like be presumptuous here and just say like I remember like maybe one or two episodes on your podcast ago you were talking about how you're kind of just like in a good space and you're not sad and like all of those things. So <laughs> maybe perhaps <laughs> that's why you can't connect to Phoebe Bridgers. I mean that's kind of it. Like compared to like Maggie Rogers, it's not quite like the sad. No, it's sad in a different way. Yes. I don't know. I, uh, I, that's it. Like I'll listen to sad music, but it's like, uh, <laughs> it's, it's like a campy, like Whitney Houston belting a sad song. <laughs> yeah, totally. It doesn't make you feel sad. It makes you feel empowered in your sadness. Yeah. Yeah. That's a great way to put it. <laughs> yeah. Whereas like there's songs on like Taylor Swift's folklore that you listen to, like, this is me trying and you're just like, yeah, I'm a fucking bag of shit. Wow. I'm a shitty human being. And then at the, <laughs> and then at the end, you're like, but at least I was trying. <laughs> right. 
<laughs> you know have what? you listened to folklore yet? Because you had said previously on your podcast that you hadn't. Um, yeah, no, I, I actually, <laughs> I gave it a little listen through when it first came out. That was when I recorded that one, and then okay. her next one came out, Evermore, and I, I listened to the song with Heim, <laughs> yeah, and it's great. Yeah, nobody, I, no crime. Yeah, but I didn't listen to the others. And I should, because like I am a Taylor Swift fan, but I don't know. Well, that segues comfortably into uh, <laughs> one topic that I have written down here, which is Taylor Swift's re-release of Fearless. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> have you had a listen, or am I the one who's going to be talking? Oh, no, I, I, I have had a listen. <laughs> um, this is great. This is topical. Um, yeah. Yes, yes, I I listen, and what I love about it is like it's the same. Yeah. Like she didn't change any of it. Like her voice is matured and better, and it, so it's like the same, but like slightly better. Yeah, yeah. Okay, so like uh, I listened to the whole thing, and I was like, okay, okay. this album still whips ass, which is great, um, yeah. and I love that. Oh, also, I I have to disclaim, like when I say it whips ass, that's something that Chandelier says, um, my mom. So every time I say <laughs> it, it's just like a nod to her. Um, I did not coin that term. Do not give me credit. Um, but <laughs> fifteen did not hit right now actually same like i like the old recording of 15 because i think that her her like 19 year old voice speaks better to that song like the re-record is like great i'm glad it exists but i was like no no this isn't it's yeah you're i didn't feel emotional although i've i've just never been like a 15 stand okay i i say that but i know all the words I was thinking that when it came on, I was like, oh, I never really liked 15. And then I sang it literally every word. Uh, so maybe I'm wrong. But I never like, I never like connected to it. Like it's a good song, but I was never like, when you're 15 crying. That wasn't my song. <laughs> I listened to, so I listened to the album and I was like, okay, I mean, I'm so excited. I hit shuffle. I like started doing my chores and everything. And the second song that played was the best day and i was like oh no i totally forgot this song was on this album and i lost my fucking mind because i was oh. like this is about her mom like i couldn't <sighs> yeah I couldn't and that like it's different now with like her mom because the the song about her mom on on lover <laughs> so sad totally and when she calls her a nice lady and best day i lose my mind oh my i'm like God. this is so sweet and you're the prettiest lady like i can't yeah I can't. she's just that's ugh, so beautiful um what's what i think is unique for me and my friends i'm 31 and all, most of my friends are like in their 30s and so when uh fearless came out we were of the age group the same age group that taylor swift was at the time and so some of us were climbing out of the closet and some of us were still a little bit in the closet and uh, a friend of mine messaged me and was like oh my god i forgot about forever and always and uh they were like yeah oh my god when my girlfriend broke up with me when i was 19 i changed my facebook status to the lyrics to this song and oh i was my like god. <laughs> and then they were like yeah and that was like my last girlfriend because you know limp wrist emoji <laughs> 
That's amazing. <laughs> yeah, totally. Everyone in the closet's just like listening to Taylor Swift being like, soon. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I had um similarly, I that album came out when I was with my first boyfriend when I was 18. And he he okay I'll, I, i'm like oh i guess i'll tell this story we were like, <laughs> no it's it's like just so sickly cute but we, we were like in his bedroom and he put on love story and like asked me to dance <laughs> and even even at the time i was like this is gross <laughs> <laughs> that's not very east van of you <laughs> No, I'm so embarrassed. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, but you know what? You were 18. It's it's whatever. Yeah, it was very cute. He he loved Taylor Swift. That was the big. Is he? You know, emoji. (laughs) No, no. Um, It's funny because we're recording this on video, so I have to say limp wrist emoji, even though I'm actually even though you're actually doing it. I'm tossing my limp wrist at the screen. Is there an emoji? No. Oh, okay. <laughs> this is like, I'm hoping the algorithm or, you know, Big Brother hears me and is like, you know what, we should right. give the gays. <laughs> That'd be huge. <laughs> Are they, you know, <laughs> limp wrist emoji? Right. If we say it enough. Because <laughs> all we have right now, so all we have for, to, to signify gayness via, in, via emojis is a cigarette emoji. Oh. So we'll be like, are they, you know, cigarette emoji, which is a fag. Oh, I was like, I don't, I don't get it. <laughs> yeah. Like in group chats, like with the gays, they'll be like, hey, cigarette emojis. Oh, <laughs> um, <laughs> I'm like, just like, I'm just trying to imagine like, like this woman who's trying to like fit in and just says that like, hey, cigarette emoji. <laughs> just out loud verbally. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Hey, cigarettes. I hey, mean, cigarettes. that's kind of, that's, <laughs> that's pretty there's funny. A, there's a person who is like that. There's gotta be. Absolutely. <laughs> oh my gosh. Yeah. Okay. So we talked about Taylor Swift. That's great. Putting a check mark. <laughs> yes. I um, was, I was going to say we, we could talk about more of like your past interests, you know, the, um... okay. Let's talk about, okay. So you grew up in Kamloops. Yes. I listened mm-hmm. to your podcast. Um, <laughs> Uh, I love Kamloops, by the way. I've been there a lot in my life because I had a great aunt and uncle who lived there. And so we used to visit them every single summer. And um, yeah, I love oh. I love it out there. There's literally nothing out there, but it's, you know, whatever. It's like like if you're there in the summer and you can like go to a lake or even better if someone has a pool. But <laughs> yeah, the pool is always better than the lakes out there for sure. Um, so I grew up in a small town called Cranbrook, which is in the East oh. Kootenays. Yes. And they're (laughs) good for you. Um, (laughs) Gross. Uh, There was a small theater out there called the Key City Theater. And it's sort of a place where smaller artists would tour um, because there's only 800 seats. So they could easily like sell out. It's just like an easy stop between. um, It's not an easy stop, but it's a stop between Vancouver and Calgary when you're touring. And especially for Canadian artists, it was like a really like a hub. And, you know, we saw like Mariana's Trench back in the day when they were like really small. We um, there was another band um, that starts with an H that is redacted that used to come through. 
Oh, yeah. yeah. Redacted <laughs> H word band. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, Jan Arden used to come through. She still goes through all the time. Um, but the band that like came through that I was like, I really want to go to this, but we were so poor. I didn't get to go, but I told my friends I went was the band wave. <gasps> oh my God. Which is like, those two are my heart, my soul. I love them so much. I quote the song fucking California all the time. Like that's so good. Oh. Do you ever feel like you need change? <laughs> Hang out where nobody knows your name. Are you kidding me? That oh. still lights me up inside. It's so I only know like they had like two singles as far as I know, like that and think mm-hmm. it over. And um, mm-hmm. but the, I listen to them both still. And th- like yeah california but like think it over i think was more like for me i'm like oh he's singing about this like girl who wants to like move you know she still wants to see the city lights because they shine so bright and i'm like that's me (laughs) oh my god (laughs) see for me it was california it was the dream of like leaving that shitty small town and going somewhere else and like finding new friends and like yeah i was when I was 19, I packed all my things into three Rubbermaid containers and my grandma dropped me off in Calgary. I had no friends, no family, knew no one. And so in order to create a social life for myself, I would like go to coffee shops and I would sit and, but I would sit at a table that was already occupied with people so that I could like be it. And like, that's a lot of like how I came to be the person I am today because I was like, I need to figure out a way out of this situation of like being in a down because i am way too cool for this yeah <laughs> amazing <laughs> uh, <laughs> inspired by yeah. wave um inspired so by cool. wave yeah <laughs> yeah and when i when i later would write my grandmother a letter about how grateful i was that she you know helped me move to calgary i would quote that song in the letter really <laughs> Yeah, I quoted the song in the letter to her 100%. That is beautiful. Oh, my God. Um, It's funny because, like, Wave considered a one-hit wonder, but, like, that's the magic (laughs) of a one-hit wonder. Yeah, it stays with you. Like, I truly, like, wonder what they're doing now. But um, did you, like, did you have a CD of theirs? Like, do you know any of their other songs? I don't. I have their whole album on my on my like in my music library on my phone oh okay yeah there's a couple there's a couple good songs but they're pretty juvenile in terms of like Mm. depth beyond what those two songs that we really really liked yeah and the two songs are like kind of about similar things but it's funny california was always a funny song for them because they were like from ontario yeah (laughs) so it's just like but i i it's like that California is the universal. Uh. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Cal- California, California is the is the where you want to go when you want something different. Totally for everyone. For- <laughs> yeah, like you don't sit around in Kamloops and be like, "Can't wait to go to Medicine Hat." <laughs> you know, you're like, "I can't wait to break out of here and be famous in Hollywood." You know, yeah, California. <laughs> going to California. Going yeah, to lots of Canadians life. have sung about California because like um Grimes has a song called California. Oh. I mean, I Is think it... her husband owns California now, but um, <laughs> probably. Doesn't Joni Mitchell too? 
Yeah, I think that um, uh, Neil Young also sings about California a lot. I think he lives in California, though. Yeah, right. Probably now. Yeah. Yeah. He's one of those Canadians that left. Well, yeah, I, I would too. <laughs> <laughs> if you had all the money in the world from being like a huge rock star, absolutely. Yeah. You know what? I'm I'm really grateful for Nickelback for sticking around. You know? Yeah, yeah, good for them. Also, yeah. um, Ra- Rachel McAdams still lives in Toronto. I'm pretty sure. <gasps> oh, good for her. Honestly, what a legend. I know. She's a she's the best. <laughs> last last week, okay, speaking of Big Brother, last week I was talking to my friend about her and then I was like she was amazing in The Time Traveler's Wife. And then I was scrolling Facebook like 3 days later and I got an ad from Netflix being like we just added The Time Traveler's Wife and I was like, okay. Oh my god. <laughs> I hate that. I hate it too. I'm like, okay, that's an invasion <laughs> of my privacy. Yeah, that's like too specific. You're advertising me yeah. old movies. <laughs> oh, wait. I get Rachel McAdams and Amy Adams mixed up all the time. Oh, she is the time traveler's wife. Rachel. She is the time traveler's wife. Yeah. Because she's Regi- <laughs> yeah. Regina George, too. Right. Yes. Yeah. Um, I I want to say the the movie trailer for the time traveler's wife. I remember when, it, when that came out because it had the song Broken by Lifehouse. And... Mm. Uh, I honestly like still think the trailer is better than the movie, but <laughs> I will go back and watch the trailer for the time traveler's wife. <laughs> I can't remember, but do you know off the top of your head, if broken made it into the final film, <laughs> I don't think so. I don't remember, but I doubt it. <laughs> honestly, any movie that contains a Lifehouse song, a Hooba stank song, um, a vertical horizon song, you know, they're just going to fuck so hard. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Because it's essentially like Grey's Anatomy adjacent. <laughs> right. Yeah. Snow Patrol. <laughs> oh my god! Don't get me started. <laughs> no. Oh my gosh! Oh, Love that. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> yeah. Oh I'm like I'm gonna no, go wander. <laughs> I'm going for a walk after this, and I'm totally gonna listen to Snow Patrol now. Great. Oh, nice. <laughs> Um, okay, so we also messaged about the Mighty Ducks because we've both <laughs> Yes. We're both on the on the duck train with this new series that's out. Yeah. What uh what was your like first experience with the Mighty Ducks as a human being? Um, well, we had the VHS tape um of D2, not the first one. Uh <laughs> and so I grew up watching D2. Uh, over and over and over again had not seen the first Mighty Ducks until I, a few years ago. <laughs> That's so much the same. Oh my god. Really? Like, yeah, totally. I watched the first Mighty Ducks movie like two weeks ago and I was like, oh, I've never seen this film in my entire life. Right? <laughs> and but so the first one, like, I don't know, like, I, I just rewatched it, too, after watching the new series. And I'm like, oh, this is like is a good kids movie, though. Like, I was into it the whole time. Yeah, I had no idea that Coach Bombay started out an asshole. Like, that's yeah. the origin story. We just don't like because once he becomes like good and pure, he's just good and pure. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 
Yeah, but yeah, the whole like him being the asshole lawyer when he's like wearing the coat on the ice and drives the car onto the ice. I was like, wow, they really changed his character. <laughs> like fully. It's so funny because I don't like hockey. I never liked hockey. I never liked playing hockey. I've never watched hockey. I know that it's a puck and a stick and you skate. <laughs> but like those movies, I think they transcend the hockey aspect of them because they're ultimately about friendship, you know? Absolutely. Yeah, I'm the same. Like, don't care about hockey at all. But uh, yeah. yeah, it's like, and it, just the way, um, you know, the coach, <laughs> the kids touch him and he changes. Oh, oh no. They touch his heart. <laughs> Yes, uh, the kids touch Coach Bombay's heart uh, and everything is beautiful. If you were a Mighty Ducks character, which which player are you? Oh, um, oh my God. The, <laughs> I really like Aberman rewatching it. Uh, he's the goofy one. Uh, <laughs> Yeah. I I really enjoyed the moment in the yeah. first movie when he's saying like, "Hey, bada 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 swing, bada." I'm like, "That's fun." <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> what's the go- what's what's the goalie? What's the goalie's name again? I'm Goldberg. Oh yeah, I'm fully Goldberg, 110. Oh, nice. Like Goldberg's for sure. great. <laughs> Goldberg's fun, and in the final movie, they let him be the hero, which is like so chic. Oh, you know Have what you ever- I. I was gonna say I don't think I watched D three. Oh, you have to watch D three. <laughs> yeah, well, th- like the other week, I watched the first two in one day, and then I was like, I can't do the third one right now. <laughs> yeah, that's that's fair. That's a lot of hockey. That's a lot of like watching teenage boys. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Although, like, it's kind of fun, like noticing Joshua Jackson. I was like, oh, he started there. Hmm. <laughs> He sure did. He did. And like is like very much the heart. Like when he decides to pull himself so that uh, Adam Banks can play, just like so Aww, sweet. So, so sweet. So cute. Yeah. <laughs> so sweet. Yeah. Have you been watching the new series, The Game Changers? Yeah. I haven't watched the most recent episode yet. Um, okay. But I'm into it so far. Yeah. I think there's something really there's something enchanting about Lauren Graham that it really, she brings a new life to the series for sure. Cause she's so, cause she's almost naive, but she's also really, really powerful. Yeah. It's just really nice. It's nice. It's nice to see her as like, yeah. Yeah. I mean, my, my sister texted me about it cause she has two kids, two boys and they both play hockey. And she was like, mm. Lauren Graham's the hockey mom. I want to be, <laughs> literally she's like don't let them fat shame you like you don't have to be good we're just here to have fun and in the most recent episode are you like chill on like kind of spoilers oh yeah (laughs) okay they'll like they like score one goal and um after like they lose like 17 to one to the ducks and then um 
there's a scene where the ducks are getting like reamed out for letting that one goal through. But then in the background, you hear the, like the other team that scored the only, like only one goal out of 17. And they're like, and she's just like, we did it. We scored one goal. And they're just like (laughs) celebrating the small victory. And it's just so cute. I love that. (laughs) It's really precious. Yeah. It's such a good, like, it just made me think of playing sports. Like I played, all the sports growing up well like not hockey but you know like soccer basketball volleyball up until i think grade seven or eight because just that's when everyone is like you have to be really good at this and it wasn't fun anymore i'm like that's such a like important thing i'm like why can't it just be fun (laughs) i completely agree with you and i never played sports because um well cigarette emoji (laughs) 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 yeah (laughs) yeah yeah, absolutely oh my gosh okay speaking of tv have you watched the equalizer do you know about the equalizer i know about it i haven't watched it queen latifah do you want me to sell it to you i'll sell it yes okay amazing so queen queen latifah plays the equalizer who is an ex-cia agent who is like highly trained and highly specialized she breaks away from the cia she does not work with the cops instead she sides with people who are being unjustly tried in the system who the cops don't believe um and she essentially she calls herself the equalizer so she brings balance to the system which is really interesting it's quite a cab like it's incredibly geared towards her being like we don't need the cops for certain things um and she essentially for 40 minutes uh once a week just beats men up she just just queen latifah kicking the shit out of men that sounds amazing. <laughs> yeah, it's pretty incredible. There's some storylines that are like pretty grandiose and weird. Um, like just like quite unbelievable. Like they're just so big. Um, okay. and but every episode wraps up the storyline completely. So each episode is self-contained with like some character arches that go, but like they're oh, mostly nice. what carries episode to episode is interpersonal relationships, which is really cool. Nice. Yeah. Um, I like that. Like I'm having troubles lately just since being in like at home for so long, like binging any series. I'm like, so I I just want it to be over. I want to watch one episode and then it's done. I don't want to have to like, I don't know. I can't commit to 10 hours of a thing. (laughs) So so, um, on the flip side of that, I relate to that because for (laughs) me, it's like if I watch one episode that then leads into another episode, I can't not watch that episode. Yeah. So like when Firefly Lane came out, I was like, okay, I'm just going to watch one episode today and see how I like it. And then, you know, in the blink of an eye, I was like three episodes deep and I was like, okay, well, we're going to watch all of this and then we're going (laughs) to Yeah. Um, just, yeah, it's just wild. They don't make TV, um, episodic anymore. They really, truly don't. No. Yeah. But the equalizer is episodic, which is really great because I've been watching it every week. So I'm giving them views week to week. I'm giving them the views because I'm like, I really want Queen Latifah on television. I think that that is powerful. And I really want to, and it's already been renewed for a season two. So I'm like, I'm good. good. I'm good for the next two years to watch her just kick the shit out of men. Just that alone. I'm like, yeah, I want to watch that. 
<laughs> yeah. I watch with a friend of mine sometimes, or sometimes we'll just like send voice notes back and forth while we're watching it. And we like to keep tabs of like at each episode, how many men she kills or how many men she kicks the shit out of. Yeah. And in one episode, she like kicked the shit out of like 24 dudes. Oh, wow. <laughs> yeah. She's amazing. She's incredible. That's fantastic. Yeah. Nice. Yeah. Um, well, I think we've reached the end, the end of the time. Oh, um, yes. yes. So I'm going to ask you a few questions. Always Great. Like questions. Um, so I ask everybody, what Spice Girl are you? Oh my God. That's such a hard question. And like, <laughs> I knew it was coming because <laughs> hey, I'm the number one fan of this podcast. Um, oh my God. I did not prepare an answer. Oh, okay. So Sorry. I'm, I'm, as you know, uh, cigarette emoji and <laughs> i think <laughs> we just giggle after that every time I, I um i was never i i never really identified with one spice girl i was a fan of the spice girls immediately like from i think they came out was it 1998 their first album came out i think or 99 yeah okay so 1997 i was like immediately had those cassettes yeah. so I'm going to give you the answer of all of them because without all of them, there is no Spice Girls. Like you can't just like look at their individual careers That's in true. music. Right. Even the, the, the album when Jerry left, I'm like, there are some songs that I like, but it's not the same. The song where they said goodbye to her. That was oh, fierce. It's beautiful. The, yeah, the video where there's like wolves. <laughs> oh, so beautiful. Yeah. They're, yeah. They're, yeah. You, I, I can't pick one that I just am because I don't think I'm an archetype, but I did follow and always really appreciated Sporty for her vocals. Yeah. Yeah. Nice. And I liked her on that Brian Adams song. That's an amazing song. I listen to that song a lot. (laughs) It doesn't have enough of her. I feel like. Yeah, it doesn't have enough of her, but she's there for sure. It's true. She doesn't have her own verse. She's always singing with him. Yeah, kind of it's annoying. true. Yeah, well, I mean, it was the early two thousands. You know how that how it goes sometimes, right? Um, yeah. Okay. Well, next question I have for you um, is: Which Mama Mia dad would you want to be your dad? <laughs> oh my god, that's not fair. Okay, so here we're gonna. Okay, hold on, hold on. Okay, so everyone who I show Mama Mia to who doesn't know what it's about at the end of the movie, they're like, okay, but like, who's her real dad? Like, I bet it's this person. Mm. I'm like, that's not the point. The point of the movie is not to find her dad. The point of the movie is that she finds three people who love her mom so much that it doesn't actually matter who the dad is. It doesn't. It never does because they all behave like uh, her dad to her. Yeah. And so it's never about who the actual dad is. Like that's how the movie. I agree. I don't, I don't care who it is. No, no. (laughs) And it's not about that. They're all her dad. Honestly, Donna's pussy was full of, full of jizz. Like she had three loads from three different guys within days of each other. It could have been anyone's sperm. Like it could have been right. Um, yeah, and they don't lead you in any direction. So I guess my passionate answer is all three. Okay. I would, yeah, I would take That's all allowed. three. Yeah, I, it has <laughs> to be allowed because you can't just have one of them on them because there are different archetypes of the different types of dads. Yeah, true. Right? Mm. Like Sam, Sam is very like 
emotionally supportive in there. Harry is very, um, Harry's the gay dad. Um, and then Bill, Bill is the adventurous, fun, serious, like, you know, cereal for dinner dad. Yes. Yeah. Um, wow. Okay. Um, well, maybe uh, <laughs> this is just an offshoot. Which one would you want to date? Oh, Jesus. Definitely young Bill. Yeah, same. <laughs> Got young Bill. Which is crazy. Like, I'm not usually into, like, blonde men. <laughs> okay, but, 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 but young Bill? Young Bill. That, the scene with them dancing on the boat, I'm like... <sighs> either of them young donna <laughs> young donna bisexual icon yeah when you were lonely you needed a man someone to lean on well i understand oh 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 yeah no the scene where he goes to me <laughs> the scene where he goes to the bottom of the ocean and finds her a pearl when he pulls his <laughs> when he pulls his sleek otter like body out of the wa- out of the fucking Grecian ocean, I lost my mind. I was like, "This is as horny as Channing Tatum in She's the Man." Mm, mm-hmm. mm. That's mm-hmm. a great another great reference. <laughs> yeah, I'm making that reference because my friend Kevin recently made me rewatch She's the Man because he was drunk and was like, "This is the best movie ever made." <laughs> It's really funny. Um, I'll give him that. Um, Also, like the one of the only movies I am really attracted to Channing Tatum in. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, he's attractive, but you're yeah. There's something about him in that. (laughs) There's something about him. Yeah, exactly. My God. Um, Okay, another question for you. Um, Okay, would you rather be a pop star or a movie star? Um, I think I would do pop star. Um, and I think the only reason for that is because I'm currently working on my first studio album of music. It's like my quarantine project that I'm working on right now, which is like really exciting and also really difficult. I think I would do, I think I'd do pop star. Amazing. Yeah. I don't think I'd want to be in movies. What about you? What about you? Uh, I think like, it's funny because I always wanted to be an actress, but I I think I'd also rather be a pop star. Like the ultimate like fantasy. I want to be a pop star. Um, when when I was a kid, I would like listen to my CDs alone in my room and perform for my oh, beanie be- babies. Stunning. <laughs> yeah, there's there's a bunch of cigarette emojis who used to do that very thing, and now they're all just drag queens, right? <laughs> Yeah, absolutely. And like you, you, you do stand up. Do you find that there's like a correlation between stand up and being a pop star? I've like heard that there's people make comparisons between like musicians and, and comedians. Um, I guess in a sense that it's like just you on stage, but it's like ultimately like it would never be. There's no comedian that's as big as Lady Gaga. Like. I mean, they are like you could do stadiums. Kevin Hart does stadiums, but it's like, I don't know. (laughs) Yeah. Interesting. It's not the same. No, it's a different vibe for sure. Right. The fandom is a little less fanatical for stand up comedians. Yeah, that's the thing, because I guess for for if you're doing comedy, you're still 
you're in a sense like revealing who you are whereas like pop star it's like fully performance uh okay brace yourself for this reference do you think that dane cook back in his heyday might have been considered <laughs> look at your face oh my god <laughs> like, yeah dane cook yeah dane cook oh yeah <laughs> fuck you grandma you cheating whore <laughs> Uh, I actually I mean yeah he was he was it like he kind of brought back stand-up comedy in a way um he came out when I was in high school and everyone was obsessed with him you're right and quoting his shit to each other yeah yeah that that could be it (laughs) I still make that Kool-Aid man joke I still do the grandma's cheating whore at Monopoly joke like yeah I still like think of uh, calling a a B and E, a breaking and entering a B and E. <laughs> the little the nothing fights in the grocery stores. <laughs> yeah. Yes. So, uh, but he's a trash human being, so it's fine. Yeah. I recently actually tried to watch some of the movies. Me, me, and Randy tried to watch Employee of the Month. Um, and I was like, Dax Shepard is in it, and Jessica Simpson is in it. But I'm like, it was so bad. We turned it off. <laughs> does 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 he does he um, do him and Jessica Simpson uh, engage in sexual relations? Um, we didn't get that far. Good, okay. Okay. I think they at least kiss in it, though. <laughs> okay, all right. Not my beautiful Jessica Simpson. Well, I mean, did you read her book? Not yet, but I have it on audiobook. We're ready to go. I listened to the audiobook too. Um, she she never talks about him. She there was other co-stars that she liked better. But she doesn't <gasps> bring up Dane Cook. Oh, interesting. <laughs> so he's yeah. he's nothing. We don't even think about him. Because <laughs> she was she was in also problematic context, but like Dukes of Hazard, right? Right. Yeah. Well, um, her and Johnny Knoxville. Um, knocked boots <laughs> quite possibly <laughs> fears. fears i remember okay last tidbit i remember uh-huh. when i was like probably 11 i got jessica simpson's um i think that i'm in love with you uh single cd in a box of corn pop cheerio corn pop cereal <laughs> oh my god yeah that's iconic. Yeah, totally. <laughs> they just like mix, they just mix all the stuff to make a gay into the cereal, including the music. Yeah. <laughs> gay in a box. <laughs> yeah, totally. Uh, uh, okay. Well, we have to wrap up. Um, but where can people find you? People can find me on Instagram at Unicorn River Child. They can find me on Twitter at Mama Dust, M-O-M-M-A-D-U-S-T. They can also visit my website, uh, www.mamadust.ca. Um, yeah, and I'm working on my studio album. So you can also find me on Spotify under Dust Quain, which is uh, spelled C-W-A-I-N-E. They can find two of my singles on there currently. Um, if they want to you know, give a, give, give a good follow. I'm also on Apple music under the same name. Yeah. So I'm a little bit, a little bit everywhere. You're everywhere. Sweet. Um, okay. And for the podcast, you can follow us on Instagram at dearest pop culture for updates and make sure to subscribe and tell your friends and leave a review and we'll see you next week. We love you. Bye.